say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. And welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and Oh man, I get so stickered excited when I have amazing, wonderful, outstanding, brilliant, smart, beyond amazing guests. And it, well, actually, he's no longer a guest. He's actually a friend. He's a three-time friend of the show. His name is Rob Jollis. He's brilliant. He's a genius. He is probably the greatest sales speaker out there in the world today. He is absolutely amazing, marvelous. He's a friend. He's bald. And he's awesome. And he's funny. And he's engaging. And you're going to love him. He's just so much fun. And I cannot tell you how much I love this man because he is uh, one of the most giving, kind, generous loving people that I know and he has so generously been willing to come back on the show for a third time and uh, we're gonna be doing his book entitled the way of the road warrior lessons in business and life from the road most traveled and I am telling you you're going to want to listen to him and talk about his journeys being this incredible road warrior speaking sometimes multiple times in a day in different parts of the country doing what he does and the lessons he's gathered from it because uh, these are lessons that you're going to be able to apply to your life, going to be able to apply to your business, going to be able to apply to your career, things that you need to be thinking about and there's going to be a twist at the end. Ooh, right? Yeah, teaser. <laughs> teaser. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So hey, look, let's do what we do every week, right? And let's check in with you. And let's find out where you're at in the four parts of your life, right? You know how I believe. I believe we're four-part people. We're physical people, we're mental people, we're emotional people, and we're spiritual people, right? And so let's just check in. Scale of one to ten. One is miserable. Ten is outstanding. So everybody out there who's listening, and by the way, I want to just say thank you to the listeners, Facebook Live, CastBox, FM Live, and also the radio station that has me on uh, 93.5 FM, The Oak. I want to thank all those listeners. And so if you're listening, check in with yourself. Scale of 1 to 10, 1's miserable, 10's outstanding physically. Where are you, where are you all at today? Right? 5 is average. Right, so where are you at physically? Right, are you, are you feeling? You know, I know there's a lot of weather things going on here. You feel a little bit, ugh, right? And you know, and you know the two questions I ask, right? Well, why are you? Why is the number that you're at? And then the second thing is, you know, what can you do to change that number to get to the next number, right? And you know, a lot of times, you know, if you are sick, I get it. You know, that happens. You know, you're sick. You're not feeling good. But you know, what about yourself physically? You know, are you getting enough sleep? Sleep is important. People don't realize how important sleep is. Are you, are you exercising? Right? Are you doing the things that you need to do to take care of your body, even if you may be a little bit ill? Right? And then what can you do to change that? Right? Maybe you can change your eating habits. Maybe you know you could stop something. You know, all of this requires just this little nasty word we call discipline. Right? And sometimes that's a real important word though in order for us to make those changes. Right? Because I'm not expecting you if you're a four today. I don't expect you to get to 10. I just want you to try to get to a five. All right. So what do you got to do? Right. So you got that first number. That's your physical number. The second number I'm going to ask you about is your mental number. Right. And what do I mean by the mental number? Well, what I mean is what are you consuming? How are you growing your knowledge? You know, how what are you doing to grow mentally? Right. What are you what are you reading? What are you consuming? Are are you just kind of like being lazy about it and not doing anything? Right? Or are, you, are you really reading material that is enhancing both sides of your brain, right? That right side, which is the creative side of your brain, and the left side, which is the logical side of your brain. What are you doing to enhance that, right? Same scale. One is miserable. Ten is outstanding. How are you doing mentally? Same two questions, right? And the first question is, you know, uh, you know, why are you that way mentally? And then two, what can you do about it right now to get to that next number mentally, all right? So you got two numbers. You got a physical number. You got a mental number. So let's look at the third area of your life, right? the emotional area of your life. And what do I mean by that? Well, in psychology, we often talk about two, two things like emotional quotients or emotional intelligence. And basically, if I can simplify that for you, it just means this. How well are you able to control your emotions, especially when things go wrong, right? Are you able to, are you able to, are you able to control them? Like if somebody cuts you off in traffic, what happens? right? Or what if you don't get what you want? Or what if you don't get what you expect? Or what if all of a sudden out of nowhere, a colleague or a boss says something to you that, right, that you don't like, how do you respond? Because the truth of the matter is you have a choice of how you want to respond to any of it. You may not be able to do, about any, to do anything about the action, but you can always do something about your response. And that's what we call emotional control. And that's all part of your emotional quotient or your emotional intelligence. Right. And that's and that's something that you can do, you know, intentionally. All right. The second part of emotional intelligence or the emotional quotient is how well are you able to understand the emotions of other people? How well are you able to really look at, look at somebody else and be able to understand their emotions? 
I'm not talking about sympathy here. I'm talking about another word. It's called empathy. Being able to walk in another person's shoes and tap into that. Because one of the things that we miss, that I, I find that we miss so frequently, is that we're, we're so focused on ourselves because we're, we're, it's very easy for us to be selfish. It takes work to be selfless. That we're so focused on ourselves in today's digital world that we don't take the time to really understand the emotions of another person. And so I want to ask you on that same scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 outstanding, how are you doing in that emotional area of being able to not only control your emotions but tap into the emotions of others? And then same questions, you know, right? Why are you that way? And then what, what are you going to do about that? How are you going to change that? All right, so you got three numbers. you got a physical number, a mental number, an emotional number, and finally the spiritual number. And, you know, I get a lot of flack sometimes from people who talk to me and say, why the spiritual part of it? Because, it, you know what, if you remove all three of those things, the mental, emotional, and the, and the physical, and you remove all that, what's left? Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can't explain and that will never be explained, that we know that touches us somewhere that we don't even understand and that we can't explain. And then we do things that bring us peace. For some people, you know, they go to nature and it brings them peace. For some people, it's God. For some people, it's meditation. For some people, it's something else that helps them come back to center. And the question for me, for you, is on that scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, how are you doing in that area? And how well is it working for you? So if it is nature, how well is that working for you and how's that going for you? If it's, if it is God, how's that relationship going for you and is it working for you? And then I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you need to do to change it? Right? So you have these four numbers and these four numbers are like the legs of a chair. And you know, if the chair is uneven, right, it makes the posture kind of difficult and, and it hurts our posture and we can't sit well. And my guest certainly knows things about back problems. So he can tell you about bad posture a lot. And then you know, the other thing is if the chair is too low, it also makes it really tough for us to sit in. So the whole idea is to bring those chair legs up to evenly and up to the right height. And I hope you will do that. And that's the four areas. And I have to tell you that my, my next guest, my really good friend, uh, Rob Jollis, is somebody who is in all four of those areas. The physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. He is a sought-after speaker. He's a best-selling author. He entertains and inspires audiences worldwide. He... He, he has over 30 years of experience teaching people how to change their minds. He's not only successfully sold for both New York Life and the Xerox Corporation, which you may have heard of, he manages their training as well. He's instrumental in creating and delivering and managing Xerox's highly touted customer service sales training program. His programs on influence and persuasion are in absolute global demand. He reaches organizations in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Far East, and he shows clients not just how to, but also why they should and why to. He stirs individuals and companies to create real lasting change. Rob Jollis, my friend, um, has several best-selling books. He's done, he's done a couple on this show, How to Change Minds, uh, Influence Without Manipulation, Customer-Centered Selling, and How to Run Seminars and Workshops. And it, they've been uh, translated to more than a dozen languages. He does keynotes, workshops, and um, to many diverse audiences, from global 100 companies to growing entrepreneurial enterprises, from parents to professional negotiators. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my good friend and author and expert, Rob Jollis. Rob, welcome to A New Direction. Yay, good to be here, although I'm still hung up on the fact you called me bald. How dare you? <laughs> I think the first time I had you on your side, I think it's easy. And he's got a shiny dome. I think that's what I was saying. <laughs> he hung up on that thing. Remember, I choose to be bald. Yeah. You understand that? I made that choice. Okay, well, I chose to go to Bosley, and I made that choice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be here, Jay. I'm oh, looking forward to, to talking about it. Oh, this. it's great. The book, uh, The Way of the Road Warrior, uh, by the way, is available on uh, Amazon in Kindle and hardcover version. I happen to be holding up the hardcover version for people on Facebook Live who are watching the show. And um, I know that the rest of you can't see it. But this book, I, I read it you know, from stem to stern, which I do with every book. And uh, you made me laugh. Uh, you made me really think. You made me cry. Uh, which was a little uncomfortable um, sitting at my kitchen counter as I'm reading this book. Um, and here I am weeping like a little child. Um, but this book is certainly is something that is meaningful to you. And, and even though you wrote it, you know, a few years ago, uh, this book is something that meant a lot to you. And I could tell just by the way you wrote it. And when you start the book, one of the things you say in your preface, and I think this is the thing that uh, sets this whole book off, is the one thing that you said, and it's three words. People 
come first. And, and, and then you go into your preface and you said, wisdom consists of three things, success, failure, and a conscious knowledge of the lessons learned from each. And uh, I think that's what happened in this book. Uh, for you, and it happened for me, and I think it's going to happen for anybody who reads this book, is that they're going to gain a lot of wisdom. And and so I, I want to first of all say thank you for writing the book, and uh, because it's a brilliant book, and I loved every single page of it. I could not put it down as soon as I picked it up. Uh, it was just that great of a book, and I wish I had read it years ago, and I didn't. Uh, but I read it now, and I know you better, and I know, uh, and I've learned a lot from this book. So let's start right into chapter one. Actually, you know what? No. Talk to me about people come first because that is really a big deal in there. So talk to me about that before I go into chapter one. Yeah, well, for me, um, you know, when, when we, one of the troubles and the challenges of a road warrior is that, um, you know, we're typically going out there to satisfy a customer, to satisfy a need. Um, the problem is we, we, we can fall out of balance. So, uh, when you when I wrote that, what you're hearing is somebody who is really uh, struggling with um, does does being on the road generating large amounts of income, um, over, you know, is that better than being at home and making a soccer game? And uh, and um, and when I'm on the road, I'm all I'm all in. Uh, you know, I think actually, Jay, it's interesting. I when Jay says we're friends, we truly have developed a friendship because there's some synergy between us. And I think one of the things that I'm going to put words in your mouth is, is that when we're in, we're all in, uh, or I don't want to play. Uh, But if I'm playing, I'm all in. And, you know, even if I could do a little sidestep, but, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll help volunteer groups. Um, I, I do live auctions for charities, things like that. And I've been reprimanded a few times because uh, I'm working with a group that, uh, and, that, and I want to do this, and we're going to commit to that. And people say, don't necessarily follow through with those commitments because it's a volunteer group. And I've heard the words, calm down, we're volunteers. <laughs> and I, I think, and I, I'll say, I, I, don't, I don't have a volunteer speed. I don't, I, I, if we're going to put this on, we're going we're to put on the greatest program for the for those bits, as I call them, the butts in the seats. That's who matters to me. Everything that we do when I'm working, that's what matters to me. It's all about the butts in the seats. And that's why we show up early. And that's why we, we take a look at our notes one more time, even if we've done this presentation 50 times. Yep. That's why we do all cross the T's and dot the I's, because it's always about the butts in the seats. And when it isn't the butts in the seats in the, at, on the road, it's the butts in the seats on the daggone kitchen table. Those butts count too, and that's what this book is. It it began to make me realize there's a real battle going on for those butts. There is, and I agree with you. I do live charity auctions as well. I'm actually a live auctioneer from time to time, and and I am I am the same way. I am I am. It is about the bits. I am this. Yeah. I am what you described is exactly what I do. I am there way early than I need to be, but I want to I want to walk through the room. I want to imagine who the people are going to be in the seats, what they might be wearing. I want to, I want to think about what they may be thinking from that perspective. I want to sit in their chairs and I want to go, what, what, what might this person be thinking from here? You know, can they see me? Right. Can, right? I mean, I get that. I, I so understand that. And I am, I'm right with you. And by the way, and I'm volunteering, but I don't know the word volunteer because it, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. So yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, which which speed is the volunteer speed? I don't understand <laughs> I that one. Why, you, know, yeah. you know, it reminds me of that movie. There was a movie. I think it's big where uh, Tom Hanks is working his first job, and and John Lovitz is leaning over the, the cubicle, going, "Slow down, slow down." Right. <laughs> You're making us look bad. Slow down. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know. I don't. I'm either in the cubicle or I'm not. And um, you know. And so that's important to me, and and I can hear it's important to you as well. Uh, there's one other, if I could double back sure. on one other thing you said, that quote that you uh, rifled through about wisdom yeah. was really, really does set off the book. That's why I do a lot of interviews. It, it, when I do an interview with you, I know you're going word for word and page for page. So <laughs> I got to be on my toes with you, but you hit it, Jay. 
that whole piece sets off the entire book because I was on a red eye. And I mean, if for anybody who's listening who's been on a red eye, I'm talking about that time where you're not sure if you actually were asleep or not. Just that, that kind of horrible middle range. And I came bolting up and I, and I had put my finger in the air and I said, I have discovered the definition of wisdom. And, um, and Jay, you said it consists of three things, success, failure, and a conscious knowledge of the lessons learned from each. But let me break that down for 20 more seconds. If all you've had is success, Gee, I want to shake your hand, and you, 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 I, you've had a, a wonderful life, and I, I'll keep going, brother. But I wouldn't necessarily say you're, you, you, that means you're the wisest human being. Might be the luckiest, could be the most driven, but I'm not giving you all those marks for wisdom. If all you've had is failure, again, heart goes out for you. Sure, things will turn around at some point. Um, but again, I'm not sure if I put you in the wisdom category. But for most of us, we've had a fair share of each. But, but that we can't stop there. We have to figure, we have to just take a moment and figure out what the heck did I just learn from that auction that went so well? Mm. Or what did I just learn from that um, event that went so poorly? We can't just, my dad used to say, whenever there was a problem, get it behind you, boy, just get it behind you. <laughs> I, I am my father's son. I believe in that wholeheartedly, but I have a little uh, addendum. And the addendum is figure out what the lesson was and then get it behind you. But we got to take a lesson from it or we're just going to repeat it again. Mm, mm, beautiful. We're talking with Rob Jollis. He's author of the book, The Way of the Road Warrior, uh, available Amazon, uh, Kindle and hardcover book, uh, Lessons in Business and Life from the Road Most Travel. Uh, this is a Wiley book, by the way. Uh, and uh, by the way, that this, how his uh, books, how he, how he became an author is actually a great story that you'll read in this book as well. Let's dig into chapter one, um, which is entitled Some Days Are Better Than Others. And one of the things that uh, you, uh, you come right out in the first page of that chapter and you say one of the keys to success in business or in life is to simply prove on a consistent basis that you are who you say you are. And you, yeah. you follow that by a question that says, what do you do when things get tough? So talk about talk about that because I love authenticity. And and, yeah. and I know that you're talking about authenticity here, but let's talk about giving it your best, the road warriors, depression, and keeping it all perspective. Talk about all of those things in terms of, yeah. of authenticity. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, you know, it's funny. We're going down, down memory lane because I, I, this book was very emotional for me, and yet I rarely speak about it because most of my businesses don't necessarily want to hear the way of the road warrior. They want to hear how to sell more or how to present better. But uh you know, I, I'd like to think that you know when I hang it up, and actually at this point I've been uh, on the road for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hang it up as a professional speaker, I would love uh, two things to be said about me. One, if you don't mind, as I crowbar what I want people to say about me. <laughs> One is uh, that my timing is good. I, I like to think that when you watch a speaker and you listen to Jay's show and you listen to Jay, uh, some, it's not the words, sometimes it's the spaces between them. It's the timing that really makes this authentic and believable. I'd like to think that I, I have a piece of that. But the other one is I'd like people to think, you know, in 40 years, I never saw the guy, you know, phone it in. I never saw the guy um, go through the motions. Now, listen, some days are better than others. Uh, but you will never catch me on a day where I've just kind of given in, decided I'm not fighting for it. I mean, if I give a hundred presentations in a year, one of them is going to be the best. One of them is going to be the weakest and 98 of them are going to be somewhere in the middle, but never, ever, ever, ever do I want to be, have any of those be because I just forgot to try. I didn't want to hustle that day. I, I give you everything that's in the tank. And as we all know, some days that tank is a little, is, is a little different than other days, but it's not out of a lack of effort. Right. It's consistency. And I just think that's what we, that's what we kind of hang our, our name on, which is consistent all-out effort. If you're going to work for somebody, you give it your all, just like what we said with volunteering. You want me there? Get ready, because it's going to be everything in the tank. That's who I am. <laughs> We're talking with Rob Jollis here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, did you know that A New Direction has a brand new sponsor? Yep, we sure do. And it's Epic Physical Therapy. And whether you are recovering from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains, if you're even having difficulty performing just regular activities of daily living, 
or maybe you are a professional collegiate or high school athlete and you're not meeting what you think is your performance standards because you're injured. You know what? The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to you indiv- to your individual needs. With their experience in rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or injury. Epic relief, epic recovery, epic results. You can learn more by going to epicpt.com. That's epic, E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team World Tours. No matter where you're at in the world, they can help you find the right professional, the right expert to help you sell your home or buy your next home. And you know what? They've been doing it for 35 years, which is the reason why they are known as the legends of customer service. There's a reason why. And you should find out why too, because I'm telling you, they really do know their business and they do it well and they put the customer first. And you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com and they are bringing us a new direction. And we're back here with the new direction with Rob Jollis, author of the book, The Way of the Road Wire, Lessons in Business and Life uh, from the Road Most Traveled. And uh, we we just kind of gotten started if you're just joining us right now and that's okay because we're we're digging in and we're going to start running here uh, chapter by chapter and um, maybe skip a few chapters here and there because I don't think we'll get through yeah. the entire book um, but I there's a couple things that I want to talk about because in chapter two uh, which is entitled when the other team doesn't play fair I think one of the things that happens is that when people are in business or even in life the truth of the matter is, is we're going to run across the people who are going to be business bullies and snipers. And yet we do have to um, have competition. Uh, competition is, I, I thrive on it just like you do. And we, I love competition because I want to be better every day and I want to be better than the next person. I, I, I don't make any bones about that. I, I just believe in that's how I get better is because somebody's better than I am. But let's talk about I want you to talk about the business bullies and the snipers and competition and integrity. Put that all together for us when the other team doesn't play fair. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes it's, it's, uh, you know, for small businesses, there are people that are listening. Sometimes we, we deal with certain uh, customers that don't have quite the ethics that we, we, we hope they have, or, or could match our ethics. And, um, and, uh, and so I refer to some of them as business bullies. Now, some of them are snipers, a sniper is uh, is somebody it, when you've ever been into a presentation that's given that speaker a hard time. My son is a stand-up comic out in L.A., and uh, you know he gets snipers too. Uh, but I will tell you, he he learned from his father, and that is um, you probably don't want to mess with a uh, professional speaker or a comedian, and um, because it, we've been down that road before. I think one of the toughest things. And it's interesting, you know, I've evolved since I wrote the book. I, I write about how to deal with snipers. But, you know, as, as now I think I have to be careful that I'm not the bully. Mm. And because um, the interesting thing is when somebody snipes you, and you don't have to be a professional speaker. When, when you're in a meeting and somebody says something that's inappropriate and it, and it, it clearly was out to, to kind of harm you. First thing we have to do is just take a deep breath because you're not the only one who heard it. Everyone else did too. And most people at this point are actually on your side. So we have to be careful that we don't go and show off. Wait, wait do you see what I do with a sniper? Uh, I, yeah, I can eviscerate a sniper if you want, but now I'm going to lose the audience. Now I'm going to lose that team. So I think, uh, you know, my rule of thumb is always first one's free. Sometimes people just don't mean to be a bully. It just happened. Second one isn't free, but a lot of times what we can do is we can relay. We can do certain things. In other words, bring the rest of the room in. That Jay, that came out a little bit aggressive. I'm sure you didn't intend it that way. Mm-hmm. How, how do the rest of you feel about ABC? And people are itching to get in and, uh, and say, because nobody wants to hear that kind of nonsense. Yeah. So what I wrote about was just in business, there are bullies. Uh, as I said, when you're a small business uh, and you're and you're working with, I hate to say it, but Fortune 500 companies. I don't know if I wrote this one. The Fortune 500. It's a Fortune 100 company. But I, I've dealt with one a couple years ago that seven months into waiting for an invoice, told me, "Oh, it's in your contract. We can take nine months, and that's how long we take." And um, you know, I'm <laughs> trying to think. That's kind of bully-making behavior. Okay, you're putting a contract, but who in the world takes nine months to pay an invoice to a small business? Mm-hmm. Well, a bully does. 
And so we have to kind of figure out how we deal with that. And so I just wrote about that and kind of coming to grips with it. And typically we have to take the high road, be quiet and um, make sure we don't make that mistake again. That's awesome. I, I, I always felt like, you know, having done speaking myself, there's always been those times where you've got somebody who whispers something that you hear that was intended for you and you just kind of have to let some of those things go. Sometimes somebody you know, really wants to get in your face and, you know, make you look bad. You know, there's a, there's just those times when they, sometimes it is a personality conflict and, but you still have to, I still am in agreement with you on this is that, you know, the worst thing that you can do is to really fire back hard and then just be a bigger bully because it just never goes well for you ever. Uh, it, It just, it just doesn't. And so, you know, it's always been, it's always been a policy that, you know, you understand, try to understand their point of view, right? Get, try to walk in their shoes because they're emotional about it, whatever it is. And then I think one of the things is sometimes you can turn your bullies into champions. You know, you, you can, you know, if you can have that private conversation with that bully in the break, or, you know, sometimes you can actually get them to come over to your side, right? Which you even talk about, you know, that, you know, yeah, that, yeah. you can give them little pieces of the show. There's, there's ways around it. Right. Jay, the tough part about all this is this there's it's, you, you have to, it's like playing the ball where it lies. There is no perfect solution. Right. I, I ideally, I'd love to know you, that, that I've got somebody in it that's going to be a bully before I even get there. Cause they're definitely going to get a little piece. I'm going to give them so that we can allow them to, you know, become an opinion leader Give them just, I may have two hours of work. I'm going to give them five minutes. Uh, don't, it's a little risky, but we try it. But, but here's the part that we don't talk about. The instinct, it's not, it, it, and unfortunately it's not logical. The instinct is to try and, and fix somebody in front of a room. In other mm-hmm. words, somebody says, well, we've learned this before. Or if we weren't going through a merger and, you know, and you're there to talk about change. And we go, well, you know, mergers, and we begin to sort of talk to that one individual. Right. And we think, I'm going to spend some time with Jay right now and bring him to my side. Listen, Jay's not coming to your side. Certainly, he'll come to your side <laughs> over a cup of coffee when he's not on stage. But Jay's not going to, because you're so brilliant, going to go, wow, you know what? You make so much sense. I must have been wrong. I will now be quiet. So we, the, the big thing is, and I, I wrote about this in one of my books, is, you can't be, I, I, you have to avoid what I call squirrel mentality. You watch a squirrel, the bass climb, they, they've tremendous, they've got more gifts than we can count on two hands. But one thing they weren't, a squirrel wasn't given, and that was the ability to decide. And that's why when you're driving down the road, you see a squirrel and he's moving to the left three feet, to the right three feet, two, up two feet, back two feet. You're going, come on, little buddy, just figure it out. And bang, you, there's a dead squirrel on the road. I, if you're gonna if you're going to uh, stop the program and have a conversation, do it. But the worst thing, and I'm almost done with this, but the worst thing you can do is placate and try and fix somebody in front of others yeah. because the you'll lose the room yep. in an attempt to save the sniper. Okay, right. and uh, I don't I'm I'm not because you'll see people roll their eyes and go every time we have a meeting, this guy chirps up. And the whole presentations to this guy. Right. So when you deal with it, when you if you have to confront, and there are ways to do that. Right. When you do it, you're going to make the room happy. Just don't lose the room to take care of one individual. That's that, my point. That's so beautiful because I, and and you you hit exactly where I was hoping you would go, and that is, this is even true in the business meeting, as well. I mean, this is it's it's it, it, we're not just talking about speaking, but even when you're in that big business meeting or you're having your team meeting or whatever it is. That one individual, right, is trying to disrupt the whole course of events. And then all of a sudden, you're focused on what that one individual's issue is. rather. And so now you've lost everybody. And you're no longer getting done what you want to get done. And that's such a great, great point. His name's Rob Jollis, by the way. The book, The Way of the Road Wire, Lessons in Business and Life uh, from the uh, Road Most Traveled, uh, available on Amazon and uh, Kindle and, and hardcover book. You, you need to get a copy of it. It's 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 absolutely a fabulous read. I when I wrote the Amazon review, I I was just I couldn't wait to write it because it was just so so good. It was just a great great book. Um, in chapter hey Jay, th- can I say something about that request? Yeah. I, and I appreciate it. I found that Jay told me he wrote a review. I looked. The little that lowly little book has ten reviews. But one of them, there's a guy, the first review is somebody from 2011 that says, um, 
it's not, you know, I wanted a book about travel tips and, and it's not. And, and he's right. It's just a, you know, one star. How, did you like the book? Uh, the book is not just so everyone knows. I, I can tell you how to get your bags on board. Right. But trust me, folks, that's the easy part of all this. Right. Hard part is trying to balance your life and your family right. and taking care of both of them. And that's what I wanted to write about. And that's why I'm proud of this book. It is not a how to how to get around delays and, and departures. There are plenty of books on that. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love you, man. You're just so I, you're just so good. All right, chapter three. <laughs> uh, deal deals and dealers, uh, which uh, one of the, you said something in this chapter that just um, really uh, stopped me, because uh, I am a culture guy, but you say, you, and I'm quoting you here, it says, customer service is not a slogan or a sales pitch. It is a culture. And um, I was, I really thought about the fact that, you know, sometimes we talk about improving customer service, you know, like, you know, I've, I've done those customer service speeches, right, where, you know, how to improve customer experience or the customer experience or whatever. But the truth of the matter, it is a culture, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm actually, I actually, I've started to pull away from even the word training these days, we, 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 you know, a training to me sort of sounds like, so we're going to do this thing, take a couple ideas, sort of do it. And then maybe in three months, we'll do another couple of ideas. Right. So I really have rephrased it, reframed for my clients. And I say, you know, what we're going to try and do is create a cultural shift mm. in the way you're doing fill in the blank. It's the same with customer service. I think we just throw that word around like a, like a cheap penny. Uh, like <laughs> eh, eh, customer. I, I, at one point, I, Jay, I worked with over 21 different banks in the country. And I used to love come in and, I, and it was almost like a trick question. I go, now tell me what makes bank of whatever uh, different than the others. And they always start with, we are almost like whispering it to me. We are really into customer service. We believe it. And I say, oh, okay, I'm sure you do. But does that mean the one that I'm pointing at right out the window that they don't? So can you tell me what that even means to you? And it's, it's interesting because sometimes they'll go, well, I, we, uh, we learn people's names and we have coffee in the lobby. And it's like, well, okay, that's something. But I, I think that's the terms thrown around. So, um, it is a culture, it, meaning we want this to be kind of a repeatable, predictable behavior of our organization. We don't want to just say we're doing it. We want measurable things that we're doing that we can point to that say, there, see it, that, there it is, it just walked over there. But I, I want to see it. I don't want to just hear it. Right. No, I, I get it because you know we 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 like to say this this customer service customer experience where right? matter of fact I have been through this whole thing like you have right it was customer service and then it was hey, people don't want customer service they want a customer experience right and I, and I, and and then all of a sudden now you know all the trainers were out there not and and, and when I say it but there was a bunch of trainers out there who were going you know it's not services experience and the customer and, and we're not going to call them customers we're going to call them the consumer and we're not going to call them the consumer we're going to call them the client so it's the client experience uh, because the clients right and and so we you know we've evolved the whole names but the fact of the matter is you know when something is our culture right yeah it it it, it comes naturally it's not something I even have to think about it's just part of our culture. You know, yeah, you got it, Jay. And and the thing is that uh, whenever we see things that aren't part of the culture, when we see problems, we tend to just go ahead and pick on a person. Right. We always point out that guy. That guy's a bad guy. Okay, right. that'll fix our customer service issue. Right. Do you know that there's it's called the eighty five fifteen rule? But that eighty five percent of the time, when you see a problem in an organization, it is not the person. It's a process problem. Right. And so. In the way of the road warrior, for instance, guess what road warriors learn a lot about processes? Airlines and, and hotels. We, we're in them a lot. And so you see really weird, bad customer service, but they're process problems. I, I was you know, very blessed in my earlier days. I, I flew a lot of business and first class in my contracts. And you know something? I stopped. Uh, about 15 years ago because I was so disgusted and annoyed at what my clients were paying and the horrible customer service processes within the airlines that I decided, I, A, I don't want to do that to my customers anymore, and B, 
I'm happier in coach. I, I like the premier zone, but I'm happier in coach uh, because, I, you know, I was tired of, of being in, uh, you know, of, of the eighth flight in a row where all the meals I wanted in first class are already gone. Uh, you know, okay. So, uh, you know, really? So you had a, a salad, you had a fruit bowl and you have a, a cheese bomb. Uh, and the cheese bomb's the only one left. What do you know? And I'm the second person you've come to. You didn't even put one on. Things like that infuriate me, but I don't want to be mad at the flight attendant. Right. I want to be mad at the airline, and it's a classic example of just bad customer service, uh, and, and they've gotten away with it for a long time. To this day, it frustrates me, but again, a whole lot happier. Coach. I know what I'm getting. I'm not upset back there. Right. I'm calm. Yeah, you're you're okay now. Are you good? Yeah, just 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 breathe. Just breathe. Just don't. Yeah, just don't hyperventilate on me. I just breathe. I'm good. Uh, You're good. Okay, good. No, no. I I think I I just I know that culture and customer service just do go hand in hand. And when you said it, I was just uh, I and I just had somebody you know who just wrote in and said, "Wow, I really love that customer service is is a culture, right? It is all about people and." So thanks, Greg, for putting that out on us. In chapter four, you talk about workflow, go or not go. And you talk about quitting and work and hustle. When should you quit and when should you not quit? Or do you quit? You know, here's something you don't know about me, but I was actually in 1983, I was in the fifth world Ironman ever held in the United States. I was out in Hawaii and I, I laced them up with everybody else and gave it my best. And the Washington Post did an article on me and asked me, you know, well, what happens if you quit? And I said to the guy, I was 20 something years old. I said, I won't answer that question. And he said, well, no, I mean, I need to know what happens to quit. He said, it's just not, a, I don't like the question and I don't have an answer for it. He, he pushed a third time and I said, all right, I'll be the first guy who ever gets off an operating table to put his shoes back on and get out of that race. I didn't care where I came in. That was the beauty of the original Ironman triathlon was people flew their bikes out, showed up. There were, I was at a, meeting, a, 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 a dinner with 750 people and the question was, how many of you are here to win? And we all put our hands up. And he said, but I mean, really? And 10 people put up their hands. And he said, look around, take care of each other tomorrow. Mm. And we did. And it was about the experience and it was about finishing. But there was no quitting. There was no quitting. I just don't believe in quitting. Now, look, sometimes things happen. But I was inspired. It's in the book. But I remember sitting with my dad. I was probably, well, I was 10 years old. And I watched Cool Hand Luke. Mm. And I tell you, you know, a couple scenes in there, I like him eating the eggs for anybody who's seen the egg scene. But the scene where he fights George Kennedy and George Kennedy is a monster of a man and they got the gloves on and George company decks him and he gets up and he decks him and he gets up and he decks him again. And slowly he gets up and pretty soon with the cheering has quieted down and people are saying, just stay down, stay a beat. And he keeps, he says, I'm going to have to, he's going to have to kill me. And he gets up, and finally, the eighth, ninth time, George Kennedy walks out of there as Paul Newman's standing there staggering around with his hands up, and you can see the guards looking worried, and they better be, because there they got a guy who ain't going to quit. He's not quitting. So listen, obviously there are times in our lives where we got to you know, pick up our marbles and fight another day, but I, I, it's, I almost feel like I'm going back into the Wayback Machine. It's a question I barely want to answer. Because I think frequently we just got to out, out hustle, out work, and just hang in there. It's not about winning all the time. It's about not quitting. Mm, love that. Rob Jollis is our, is our guest, uh, my friend Rob Jollis. Uh, the book is entitled The Way of the Road Warrior, Lessons in Business and Life from the Road Most Traveled. And uh, you're getting a whole bunch of those here today from him as he uh, talks us through um, you know, life lessons and, and business lessons and I know that many of you out there and you're kind of, some of you will get discouraged. I get it. I get it that we get discouraged. I get it that we, uh, I get it that there are times when you're just not sure. Uh, but you know what? Don't quit. Don't, don't quit. In, in the words of that amazing philosopher that you may have forgotten, Sylvester Stallone, it's not how uh, hard you hit, but how many times uh, you are hit and can still get up and go. And uh, so, and, and it's a tremendous lesson. It's one that I'm a firm believer in. In chapter five, uh, Rob, um, 
you know, one of the things that you talk about is danger zones and detours. And one, there's two things in that chapter that really spoke to me. One is ask questions and listen and instinct and hunches. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I, I, you know, as a, you know, we're talking about the, the traveling I do to do my job, but when I'm doing my job, I'm frequently working with sales teams and, um, and I'm teaching people a lot of times I'm doing two day workshops, 16 hours. And I've had people come up and, and they'll tell me, you know, for the rest of my, I, I have, I am going to ask questions and I'm going to listen for the rest of my career. And on one hand, I always go think to myself, <laughs> well, it's like the most basic lesson I went over. Um, but I do, a, I do an exercise around it. I'm a believer in what we hear, we forget, what we see, we remember, what we do, we learn. I mean, there's an exercise around it where I kind of force you to confront that. But people will come up and say that from time to time. And part of me wants to go, well, what about the other 15 and a half hours? And the other part of me smiles and says, you know what? If you're truly committed for the rest of your life, to ask questions and listen, you just had the best, to, best program you will ever attend. There's only three ways we can communicate. We can ask questions, we can listen, or we can make statements. Folks, it's not even close. And, and I'm not, not my opinion. Um, we've polled thousands and thousands of people. We've polled them and said, well, you stack rank them. What do you want from us? We're going to come in and meet with you. You want to create trust you let the other person talk. This again, it's not instinctive. It's it, it's not instinctive, but it's incredibly logical. So um, to me, that is, you know, I like it. If, if if you interviewed me for two days and we and we walked out with that one, I'd be thrilled. Now, what was the other half of your question? <laughs> uh, well, let's do this. Uh, but let's yeah. do this before I could do that. Hey, you know that, uh, you're, by the way, you're listening to Rob Joss, The Way of the Road Warrior, here on A New Direction. Hey, A New Direction has a brand new sponsor, by the way, and they are Epic Physical Therapy. Epic Physical Therapy facility offers the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, Normatec compression sleeves, and Game Ready, just to name a few. They are trained and certified in the most comprehensive, cutting-edge treatments available some things are like blood flow, restriction, BFR therapy, dry needling, cupping, just to name a few. Learn how they can make you more epic by going to epicpt.com. That's epic, E-P-I-C-P-T.com. Tell them that you heard them on A New Direction. Appreciate that. And also, Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? doesn't matter where you're at in the world. They can help you find the right expert, the right professional to help you sell your home or buy your next home. And if you happen to be in the Raleigh-Durham Research Triangle Park area, you know what? you can walk right into their office on 7300 Six Forks Road, and I promise you they'll give you a bottle of water because that's just what they do. <laughs> they have been known for 35 years as the legends of customer service. Why don't you find out why for 35 years they've been at the top of their game? You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and uh, we're Chapter 5 with Rob Jollis, The Way of the Road Warrior. Uh, instinct and hunches is what you were talking about in danger zones and detours. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, to me, it's, um, you know, instinct's a funny thing. <laughs> you can, um, you, you trust it sometimes. It, it, it's a fickle friend, I, I would say. And um, for me, at least, uh, you know, I, I want to, on the one hand, I want to preach that usually whenever, wherever our instinct is, it's the right instinct. And, there, uh, you know, we have to back up a little bit. When you read this book, uh, this book is, is a series of 16 years of journal entries. Um, and I, I didn't go on a trip without making a journal entry going out and a journal entry coming in. And um, to me, I, I achieved what I call, I could be methodically observant. That, that's how I was trying to get at that wisdom piece that we started with. Uh, so what, what, you, what, you he, what I did was I looked over my journal entries and for every 10 stories, I know this is hard to believe, Jay, but nine of them weren't all that interesting. <laughs> but one of them, ooh, good. And it was, it was deeper than I thought. It had, you know, you can open up a, a, um, an overhead bin and get smacked by a bag coming up, hitting you in the head. Right. But you were warned and, you know, and you forgot. And right. so there's actually a lesson there. And that's what I was trying to do. So in terms of instincts and hunches, what you'll see are, you know, some of my instincts where um, I, I trusted that instinct and it, and it, it, you know, it came true. Sometimes I, 
I denied that instinct. I went the other way. It's not a perfect science, but I will tell you this, uh, more often than not, more stories than, and I had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of stories, more often than not, that instinct and that hunch was accurate. And um, there's that other voice that, go, that wants to discount and go, over here, it's just an instinct, <laughs> you know, it's not enough. Uh, but I think what, what that voice is also saying is, I fear the unknown, right. so I'm, I'm afraid. And, um, you know, and that's a big piece that we all grapple with, which is fear. And um, so don't be afraid of your instincts and hunches. Uh, I'm not asking you to you know, jump off a bridge, but sometimes your gut is usually on target. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You talked about the little voice in your head, which a lot of times I ignore. <laughs> and, and, and I shouldn't because it's usually right. Uh, and I, I think your voice in your head is a big voice. It's, it's, it's a pretty a big, big voice. voice. <laughs> it's a pretty big voice. <laughs> Uh, one of the, one of the chapters that really all these chapters were great, but I love chapter six called "Battling Slumps and Other Emotional Traps," and yeah. you you talked about in overcoming those. You talk about you know gaining confidence, you know learning and optimism, and you you make a quote on page ninety four in the book saying excuses are nothing more than the mind trying to soothe the soul, and you give us a lesson in arrogance and Herb Cohen, and. Uh, oh, yeah. Which, which, oh, yeah, was, which are, that that story. Oh my God, that was to, what, yeah. a, what a great story that was, uh, yeah. and, and arrogance and humility. And but we do face slumps, uh, but we do have emotional traps. One of the emotional traps is arrogance, uh, from time to time. And so why don't, why don't we try to work with any way you want to work with those? And and I'll let you work with that any way you want to. I'm I'm just kind of giving you kind of the outline where. Because I know that the Herb Cohen story, of course, is great. Um, but yeah. you know, I, you know, we do go through slumps, and you know, yeah. you know that too. So, okay, well, real fast. First of all, the 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 what sets that off, and I tried to put the book into various lessons. So it was actually a lesson in defeat. And remember, I'm the guy who was getting off the operating table and put his running <laughs> shoes back on. But that doesn't mean that I don't get my head handed to me from time to time. And, um, you know, that one, that was a while ago. I'm not so sure Herb is still with us, but uh, um, I got, boy, I got nailed. I I came in there a little bit cocky um, and I was in Bermuda. And I don't know, it's kind of, for me at least, the further I travel or the more exotic location that I travel in, uh, the more amped up I am. I feel like if you're sending me to Australia to speak, uh, I don't, I shouldn't have a whole lot of trouble getting up for that one. Uh, you know, I'm not, I like Topeka also, but I, it, that's not Australia. Um, so I was, this one was in Bermuda and, um, it was, it was, it was like the twilight zone just because, uh, the guy was there looked like me only 25 years older, maybe 30 years older than mm-hmm. me. And the problem was he went before me. So, uh, pretty much every move that I had, he had, and, uh, Quite frankly, I think my moves were better. But imagine seeing Jay, your clone, right before you, and um, and then you get up and you you open up and you say, "Hey, everybody, we're going to talk about the four legs of a chair." And they go, "We already heard that one." <laughs> we, yeah, and his chair was, you know, he had a better chair than that. And all of a sudden, it's like, quit ripping off that guy's chair. So I I had to. It was an hour long of trying to kind of not be myself. Uh, he had a very similar background to me, but it did make me realize I, I, I would love that scenario again. I think I would have been better. My mistake was I wanted to power on and just be me. Mm-hmm. And what I had to do was if I got another shot at it, I think I would have I said, OK, you know what? You're not going to be you. <laughs> you're, you're an actor. You're going to be kind of you, but you, you better not be Herb Cohen because you're going to get cremated up there. And I did. Uh, and I, you know, I licked my wounds and, and said, all right, <laughs> you know, scrub up and let's go again. But I, I got to tell you, it doesn't happen a whole lot, but that was probably one of the, the, the oddest defeats of my life. And it was a big one. Well, we do, you know, where they say when I was trying to do stand up comedy and, and I use the word try and yeah. quote, you know, they, they always say never follow somebody who's better than you. Right. They, they always tell you never do that. And, you know, even in the speaking world, right, you know, you, sometimes I've been in the situation where in the speaking world, here I am about to go on stage and the person who was right before me, I mean, just blew it out of the water. 
I mean, just, I mean, just completely was amazing standing ovation and everything. And you're going, wow. Okay. Now I've got, oh boy, what am I going to, what am I going to do here? Right. I mean, cause I just yeah. got hit with a tsunami and that's just part of it. But you know, they're great lessons because sometimes you do have to kind of get knocked from your perch occasionally because you do, you know, I mean, we have to have a certain level of confidence to be able to do what we do. I mean, oh, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, I'm actually looking at the Herb Cohen part and I see where I actually wrote. So what did he teach me? He taught me that to be the man, you better be prepared for days when you are not. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I'm, I, I'm patting myself on the back. Boy, whoever wrote that is a genius. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I will tell you that, um, yeah, I think I've learned more from bad managers than good managers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, we learn more when we take a loss than we take a win. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I hustled, but he taught me a lot. A lot. He taught me to... Um, to you know, be more versatile and uh, and and to remember, there's always somebody around the corner who's who's just as good as you are. And you know, shake their. It's like golf. I'm a terrible golfer, but the part I like about golf is, you know what? If you're showing up, I'm going to play my round. You play yours. And if I play a great round of golf and yours is better, I can't wait to shake your hand. Good for you. I'm not rooting against you. Right, I'm right. playing my ball, not yours. Right. It, wow. Yeah. That's. That's right. And that's, 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 that's awesome. I'm playing my bull night yours. Wow. That's simple and beautiful. Uh, we're talking with Rob Jollis, author of the book, the way of the road warrior, uh, lessons in business and life from the most, uh, from the road, most traveled, uh, available on Amazon, uh, bookstores too, by the way, you can find it at your local bookstore. You can, they can get it in for you. If they don't have it on the shelf. Uh, it's available in Kindle and in hard in hardback. And, uh, it's by Wiley. It's a great book. I, I want to move to the, last chapter of the book because I, I feel like there's so much going on in the last chapter of the book and the last chapter of the book is entitled overcoming the addiction and you you make um you make this quote i'm just going to quote you here it says my there's many books many books are written about achieving success but very little is written about how to cope with and who potentially suffers from it we all know that you must sacrifice to be successful but how much sacrifice is enough and how successful is successful enough? And that's from page 209. And you kind of had an eye-opening experience. And I, I think this happens to anybody who's out there who is, and you do use the term workaholic, but because it, it's, it's not just about the road warrior. It's about anybody who absorbs themselves so much into their business that they lose perspective on everything else. So talk about your journey and, and you know, what changed and and uh, how, how, and and just go. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you go with it. No, it's I appreciate story. that. And uh, and Jay, I'm I'm grateful that we got to this part of the book because again, you know, it, it, <laughs> this is we're gonna go a whole lot deeper than um, you know how to how to um, you know keep the guy from in front of you from bringing his tray back, his seat right. back. We're we're gonna go much deeper. This book um, sneaks up on you because it's a light kind of a charge through lessons and wisdom and all of a sudden we get here uh, listen you, you introduced me and you said the man's got two and a half million miles in the air I do I don't wear that as a badge anymore I'm not I'm not proud of it I'm, I'm mildly ashamed of it uh, at what cost did that 2.5 million come from so I'm pleased to tell you that I am about 14 years work sober um, I, I get emails from this book to this day and rarely are they from road warriors. They're actually from people who are living with others who are workaholics. It's kind of the same thing. If you're not home, you're out of balance. Um, I, I, there's a story in there where I, I came home, I reached for the door and if you had stopped me and said on a scale of one to 10, what's your marriage? I would have said, well, I'm, I'd say that's a solid eight and a half, but if you ask Ronnie, my wife, she'll probably give you nine and a half because she loves me. And um, I went in there and uh, we had a conversation that night and uh, it was a very difficult conversation. And what I heard from her was uh, we weren't running at a nine or an eight. Um, I thought I was the greatest provider and the greatest husband. And that's part of the addiction. Um, that's part of the lie. Um, the fact is, um, I, there's a there's an entry in the book that's really difficult for me to look at to this day. 
uh, where I am, you know, leaving a birthday party because I'm going to get paid two and a half times what I normally get paid because uh, I'm heading out on a Saturday. And uh, and in that, I I pontificate about what an amazing father I am because when I'm home, I'm really home. And, um, you know, and I'm a great provider. Jay, there is no lesson in school where we're taught, male or female, that when the rung of when the ladder and rungs of success present themselves, where is the lesson to not reach any higher? Where is the lesson to actually take a step back? Where's the lesson about finding balance and, and saying, you know what, maybe I won't write in first class anymore. Maybe I won't, you know, be the big shot going from town to town, blowing in. Uh, but maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to coach my son's team. And maybe I'll be able to do certain things with my friends and my family and my children that will make me proud. And so in the book, in that chapter, what you hear is a man trying to kind of figure this out. And to this day, when somebody holds that book up and says, would you sign it? I, so I write the same thing. I'll write to whatever your name is and the words, keep it in balance. Um, and that's really the, the, where the book takes you. And I'm not a hypocrite. I don't tell people. So the answer is don't travel anymore. Uh, I had, I had years where I was 270, 280 nights on the road. Do the math. Um, and my point to you is moderation. We have to figure out balance. Of course, the company that you're working for is going to want to keep sending you out. You're good at what you do. The customers love you. Your reward is less time with your family, more on the road. If they love you that much, go in there and tell them, uh, I need to be in balance or you're going to lose me. And they don't want to lose you. Uh, but you just need to belly up to the bar and tell people, this isn't a nice to have. This is a need to have. I can't wait to go out and do the work you want me to do. But I have to have everything right in my family, in my life to do that. And I need balance. We also have technology that bails us out because now we, you know, when I was traveling in the 80s and 90s, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of technology. I started actually watching TV shows with my daughter <laughs> on Skype, on Skype. And, um, you know, one of the shows that we happened to like. So I, I figured little ways around it. But um, the bottom line is and where that book takes you in which very deep to me and still emotional for me is we've got to keep it in balance, Jay, whether you're a road warrior or just a work warrior, keep it in balance. Cause I don't, don't con yourself. Again, part of the lie is you may think you're running at an eight or a nine because you're a great provider. Ask the family. They couldn't care less what the W two looks like. They want you home. Mm, beautiful. His name's Rob Jollis. The book is The Way of the Road Warrior, Lessons in Business and Life from the Road Most Traveled. Rob, you've been on the show before. You know how I end the show. I always ask uh, my friends, uh, because that's you know what they become. You know, you've been a longtime friend, but I am going to ask you the same question. The show's called A New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life, their career, or their business, or all three. If you could leave people with a new direction, uh, Rob Jollis could leave people with a new direction and on the basis of the way of the road warrior lessons in business life from the mo road most traveled. What would Rob's new direction be? Rob's new direction would be to encourage each and every person who's listening to journal, right? Keep a journal. Do, um, um, do people work out? They have, you have certain routines, work a journal into your routine. And, and, and I want it in a routine. I don't want you to feel like writing. I want you to just write and put a date on it, put a time on it. I, I, when I started writing my journal, I thought to myself, what I wouldn't give to read what my dad was thinking when he was in the wheelhouse of his career and, and out there winning and losing and fighting. And, um, but I got so much more out of it. But if you keep a journal, the days where you think you have little to say, you'll be very surprised. You'll have a lot more. And you, in the days where you think you got a lot, you may have a little. But not only do I want you to keep a journal, don't, like I said, if you write two sentences a day, I'm thrilled. That's good. That's what you had to say. That was right for you. But go back on it now and then, because remember that how we started about wisdom. We can't just write it and move on. Let it sit a little bit and then figure out what did you learn from that? And you'll be shocked. That's how, you know, they say sometimes we don't find a book, a, a book finds us. That's how I found this book. And if you journal, uh, you'll find a lot of wisdom and a lot of answers to questions you haven't even asked yourself yet. That's awesome. His name is Rob Jollis. 
this has been a new direction. I want to thank you all for joining us. You know what? Be inspired because you know what? When you're inspired, that means you'll inspire someone else. And in turn, they can inspire others and that can make this world a great place. I want to thank you all for watching and, and listening and all over this great world of ours. Thank you so much. And then, of course, in this great country of ours, thank you for listening. I'm going to be back next week with another great guest. And as I say every week, ciao, everybody. To go a different way, yeah. The time has come for a new direction. your confidence and the answers don't make sense you got to keep your hope alive you got to know you can survive this is your time to find a new direction a brand new day a new direction things are gonna change Dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength